0: Hi, this is your host, Bernita Howard of Live and Vibes, and the founder of Breaking the Silence on Domestic Violence. We come to you tonight with our host to bring awareness on domestic violence. We have two of our we have two of our board members, we have a chairperson, and we also have our board chair.
1: Mr. Tawana, can you introduce yourself to the people? Sure. Hi, I'm Trawana Harper. I'm the chairman of Breaking the Silence on Domestic Violence. I am a mother of two, a grandmother of three, I also work for services for the blind here in Pitt County and also a survivor of domestic violence. And Miss Alicia, can you introduce
0: yourself to the people?
1: Yes. Hi, I'm Alicia Eaton. I'm a mother of three. I'm a grandmother. I'm a wife and um, I'm a part of the BTSD um, group, and um, I'm here because i seeing the domestic violence happen, and I'm passionate about helping as much as I can with people.
0: Awesome, 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 ladies. It's so awesome that you took time out of your busy day to join me to spread awareness and not only are we just going to talk about domestic abuse which is domestic violence we're also going to talk about emotional abuse and i thank you ladies so much for you know like i said just taking time out today so we can bring awareness to the people who listen to our live and vibe podcast all right let's get this um party started well, this is really not a party, but let's get this awareness started. Mm-hmm. So, Ms. Truana, can you tell our
1: viewers what domestic violence is? Sure. Um, domestic violence is a pattern of in intern- <laughs> Ooh, excuse Ooh. me, internally violent and controlling behavior used against a family member or a dating intimate partner to gain power and control over that person during and or after a relationship. Domestic violence is also known as family violence, intimate partner violence, and or dating violence. Wow. So in order for it to be considered
0: domestic violence, they had to be an intimate partner? So... I know you do a lot of research um, for the organization and you do a lot of research on your own. So you could be the best um, chairman that any organization can have. So I'm not going to put that out there because they might try to take you from us. No, <laughs> <laughs> Thank so, um, you. we know that you've done a lot of research. And so during your research, what did um, we know that it's a domestic violence law in North Carolina. Could you tell us what that law is, or you know, just give us some some information on it?
1: Okay, all right. Basically, the domestic violence law is um, when a person intentionally causes or attempt to cause bodily harm, putting the victim or member. Or the victim's family or household in fear, imminent fear of bodily danger, um, and committing any of the t- any sexual related crimes against the victim. Also, okay. So,
0: any form of abuse, um, sexually or physical, you know, the law really covers them. You know, so they can. Um, they can find themselves being arrested pretty much, right?
1: Yes, that is true.
0: Okay. So a lot of times domestic violence, you know, comes from a form of emotional abuse. And so, Miss Alicia, we know that you've been researching emotional abuse and get, giving the people the information they need. So can you tell us, let's talk a little bit about emotional abuse what is and what is not emotional abuse. But before we can, we go into different scenarios, can you tell us what emotional abuse is?
1: Excuse me. Emotional abuse is like um, a person's behavior that may result in psychological um, trauma, including anxiety. Um, chronic depression or PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, emotional abuse is not physical; it's more so an intimidating emotion.
0: So anything that deals with your emotion, like verbally, um, non-verbally, intimidation, different things like that. It yeah. de- you know it plays on your emotions. Yeah. So. I kind of want, I like, you guys know that I like giving scenarios because if people are like me, I can hear you talk all day, but until I have a scenario, it don't really resonate that I'm going through abuse. You understand? Because if you had to hit me, slap me, kick me, whatever, or rape me, it, it's not abuse. You know, that's how most people think. But abuse is abuse and sometimes it comes in different forms and so that's why we decided to talk about emotional abuse tonight so um let's just make it clear to our um to our listeners so say you and a friend are hanging out or whatever and your friend has her phone and Uh for whatever reason she has just zoned you out and so she's just typing 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 and you've been there like talking to her she's really not responding it's because you know she's in the middle of her text or whatever she got going on. And so you finally say, Hey, do you hear me? And she said, No, what what did you say? You know, and she realized that she screamed at you and then she toned it back down. Is that considered emotional abuse?
1: No, it's not.
0: Okay. So say for instance, you and your husband is together and um, there's never a peaceful conversation whenever he's talking to you he's hysterically screaming at you or you know vice versa you are hysterically always screaming at him and it's not like um you know it's a disrespectful scream you know is that emotional abuse
1: it is yes
0: Okay. And it's not just emotional. It's also, ver- you know, it's an emotional verbal abuse because you guys are screaming at each other like, oh my gosh. You know, so you don't have almost like you don't have respect for each other. So, you know, I just like to make things clear so people understand. If a person reacts, you know, out of the norm,
1: uh-huh. that's
0: not abuse. But if they're always screaming and yelling at you Intimidating you, you know, making you feel belittled,
1: then that's emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. um, Interject too, um, with emotional or verbal abuse, um, it's intimidating, and also it can also lead up to sexual abuse. Also.
0: Okay. Good information that you guys have tonight.
1: So. You
0: know, you go through emotional abuse, you know, and it might lead to, you know, physical abuse, like you said. And so a lot of people don't understand that. So, Trawana, I know you do a lot, a lot of research (laughs) and um, emotions can go everywhere, causing a person to act out of the norm, do things that are not normal. And sometimes that leads to homicide. So according to the North Carolina Coalition Against Domestic Violence, can you give us some statistics on how many homicides from domestic violence has happened in North Carolina this year?
1: Well, this year, from January to April, we actually have 27 homicides. Oh my gosh.
0: So 27 homicides has happened in North Carolina. And that's January to April of 2020.
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: So, you know, and that's what was reported so far. You know what I mean?
1: So right. that's what was
0: reported. But then, um, I know on the website it also gives us some data. You know, of what um, what's reported against women. You know, statistics with um, abuse against women. Um, against men and against college students. Can you give our listeners some of that information?
1: Sure. Um, Actually, there's one in four men that are abused or experienced some type of abuse. Um, 43% of women have been abused and also 22% of college students.
0: So parents, if you have... um, yeah, so guys, um, just to let you guys know, I'm also live on Facebook, and one of the um commenters said that's way too many people, and exactly, Miss Teacher, that is way too many. Yes. So, um, you know, that really blew my blew my mind when you said twenty seven people in four months, and you mm-hmm. know, we still got eight months to go, and then with the pandemic happening, you know, um oh my gosh, you know, I I just cannot imagine. But, you know, we're going to keep people uplifted, you know, and just pray, you know, nothing worse, um, you know, comes about. And Uh so a lot of times when this happened, you know, um, the signs has already been there. And some of the signs, you know, people wear is the emotional um, signs. But because we're so used to who that person are and not really paying attention, Miss Alicia, can you tell us why emotional abuse is so hard to recognize?
1: Uh emotional abuse is hard to recognize because this has been going on so I'm oh, sorry. It's been going on for so long and they're so used to hearing these words to the point where, okay, it's just normal to them. You know, they don't recognize it uh, because of. They're always constantly correcting. Well, you know, we're um, by ourselves and we're doing things. People are always correcting us doing certain things, and um, they're also like putting them down. You know, certain things you fat, that and another people don't recognize that until yeah. it's too until you get the information on how what um emotional abuse is.
0: Right. And again, you know, a lot of people don't even know the signs of emotional abuse. And and that's why I like talking about this and just making people aware, you know, our motto is listen, share, make everyone aware. So, um, Chawana, there are also signs of domestic violence, you know, that people need to be
1: aware of. Can you give us some of those signs? Sure. Um, one of them is inequality between the people involved, which normally the abusive person shows a lack of respect or concern for the other person. Um, yeah. There is lack of choice, which the abusive person makes most of the, the decisions and doesn't really listen when the other person has any type of input. Then you have your fear of uncertainty and that person is afraid and always on guard because of the abusive person's unpredictable behavior. And then you have the suspicious or lack of trust where the person is always trying to figure out where you are, what you're doing, and who you're with. Right. Can I on that? Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Okay, she she's saying basically the same thing as um, with emotional abuse. They isolate them, and um, they basically um, make sure that they keep up with them everywhere they are. They isolate them; they don't want to talk to their families or anything like that. And um, with emotional abusers, they become depressed and all things of that sort. Well, it can also lead up to suicide. I think that's why we're here to inform everybody
0: as to what it is exactly and i know um with me i was great i thought i was great at hiding the different signs when i was going through you know i don't know if you guys ever um heard me say like now you guys know that i love to wear makeup and it's not a necessity i wear it when i want to i don't wear it when i don't want to like tonight is one of those nights i don't want i don't want to so i don't have to i don't have to worry about hiding anything but there oh, was right, a yeah. time where i used to have to wear makeup to hide you know the to hide the abuse you know and so um I wish then that I really knew what domestic violence was. I remember the sheriff coming out to my house several times, trying to educate me on it. I, you know, I didn't want to talk about that. I just want you to bring them out. You know what I mean? And so I didn't also, I did not realize that even though I was going through physical abuse, I was going through other forms of abuse and did not realize it. And so, um, now that I, I sit back and I think, and Triwana, this question is going to be for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, why some victims choose not to leave an abusive relationship?
1: Why do they stay? A lot of times fear is a big reason why most people stay. And I can understand that firsthand. You're just scared to leave. And sometimes it's the only form of love they understand. So they think it's okay when it's really not. Right. And for me, um,
0: you said fear. Fear was one of my issues, but my story is a little different from a lot of people, you know, and this is where I think that I'm blessed. Not only did I have my life, but a lot of people walk out because of financial abuse. They're scared to leave because their finances is not right. Well, mine was mm-hmm. a little different. I had the money. I just didn't know I had the money because I will work. And my money went into our bank account, but I didn't have any control over our bank account. Now I got a $200 I was even working. I got in several um, car accidents and it, half of them happened because, you know, I will probably leave and, you know, trying to get away from him. And so I had several car accidents and different things like that. So that money, um, in the state of North Carolina, I was 18, 19 the first time I had a um, car accident. And because I was married, my husband had to go with me to my attorney's office to sign the paperwork. So guess what happens? When the check comes, it comes in both our names. I didn't have any control over the finances, but what he done was deposit the checks into our bank account. Mm. So each Mm. month I would get a $200 allowance. Now remind you, not only did I have my money for my car accident sitting, you know, in this account, I also have my paychecks going there. Now this is what a lot of people don't, you know, did not know, but a $200 allowance sound like, okay, but guess what? A hundred dollars of that went on makeup to cover when he would abuse me.
1: Wow. Wow.
0: So not wow. only was it, you know, not only, you know, I know some victims stay because of fear, and fear is a, a major factor. And um, you know, not being loved, you know, feeling that's the only way to be loved is to deal with that. But and my situation, a little different. The craziest thing was when I left, you know, I had to go to the bank and only to find out that I still have money, like money, money, you know, so um, it wasn't <laughs> like, you know, he had me feeling as if we had nothing, But I had no control Mm -hmm. over finances, and this is why it's so important. I will say to any young lady, if you get married, learn the finances, because I had no control over the finances, did not know how to pay a bill, did Mm -hmm. not know anything, and I was scared to leave and have money in the bank. Wow! Can I say
1: something?
0: Yes, ma'am.
1: We have to realize too. Women, we are emotional, but men are are, are, are mechanical. mean okay, when a, when an abuser meets the first thing they do, they're going to grow to pull them in, and they're going to um say all the sweet things and give them all the sweet nothings that they always wanted to hear to pull them in, and once they get them in. That's when the abuse starts. Mm-hmm. One trick, uh, uh, up, and they'll, um, they'll start um, emotionally abuse, abusing them, and physically, verbally, non-verbally, all, and financially, they go through all those things. They do.
0: And, and then they'll take you on a honeymoon period where they make you feel like it's your fault you made them do it this that and the other but no it's in them and not only that you know um so I remember you know going through the physical the financial everything and so you know um family you know the sheriff I, I told I tell you guys that the sheriff when they would get the call from my house didn't even have that they knew exactly where to go that's how much the police was called to my house during that time. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time getting brave enough to go take out a protection order. Trawana, mm-hmm. can you share with the um, the listeners what a protection order is? And you can put this in as, as broad as layman terms as possible so everybody <laughs> understands.
1: Well, basically, a protective order is a piece of paper to supposedly prevent future acts of domestic violence from happening but it doesn't always work that way that's
0: when we see the stalking and a lot of times that's when the homicides happen because they feel like they're losing their power they feel like they're losing their control so they're angry Mm -hmm. that's true um We kind of know their next move, but we don't realize what happened if, when we take out a protection order. So one of the things that I always tell people, I wish that I could tell them that once you take out this protection order, baby, you covered. But as you said, Ms. Tawana, it's just a piece of paper that the judge has given you that you can call and, you know, and let them know if they're harassing you. But nowadays, it's so much more because not only do they, they could stalk you in person, they can cyber stalk you. You know, they can mm-hmm. turn on your locations. They can go through your social media. So it's so much more now than it was back then when I was going through. And I just couldn't even imagine, you know, now going through any form of domestic violence. You know, um... Mm-hmm. Because if you have social media, they can track you. Okay. If you have a smartphone,
1: <laughs>
0: so you have to be careful. You, you, you really do. And so, um, Chawana, our last question is for you: mm-hmm. um, Have we? We know that you're a survivor of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. So, when you went through domestic violence, like. How did you cope with it? What, what what did you do to cope with it?
1: In the beginning, all I could do was just cry, cry because I didn't know what to do. And then I began to pray. And then once I started to pray, I was led to reach out to very trustworthy people. And sometimes trustworthy people are not always family and friends. They may be a person that you don't even know. But the key is somebody that you can trust, that you can confide in, because the last thing you want is for you to confide in, say, a family member. And then they go back and tell, hey, she's out here claiming you're um, domestic, being domestic violence against her, you know, that type of thing. And it just makes it worse. So you need to find someone that you can truly trust and confide in. And that's that's
0: the key right there. The person that you can trust that can keep their mouth closed. Not only that, I will say to any listener, any viewer, if a person trusts you to tell you what they're going through, do not be a judgmental person, be a listening ear, be there to let them know it's okay, I got you. Just keep me posted. Was there anything that when you was going through Triona that your friends would do the person that you trusted was there anything that they would do when you would go out or when you you know when you was out
1: and about Up uh, yes um when we were when I was out about alone they would always call me are you okay or where are you at you know constantly tell me watch your surroundings and call me when you get home to let me know that you're safe and also they would pray with me. Right. Yeah, that's like
0: that's the best thing and I always say again, if a person confiding you, be someone they can trust. Be a um a trustworthy person, be a a listening ear. Do not be a running mouth and a judgmental person. They don't mm-hmm. need you going through enough as it is. So even after you went through, you went through, and then um, you got out of this situation. You know, you coped with it while you could. You got out. Your friends was there for you. After you got out and got yourself together, did you seek any um, counseling?
1: I did. I did. Once I financially got myself situated, I did seek um, counseling, and that did help a lot. So,
0: I heard you say financially got yourself together, but let me um, let the viewers know and the listeners know, if you cannot afford counseling when you go through domestic violence, it is so many different organizations out there that can help you and direct you. Uh, you know do not do not ever feel that you're alone don't feel shame don't feel guilty just know it's people out there that can direct you to the right resources or have the resources on pain to give you, get you the help you need it's also mm-hmm. so important that we tell our stories and you know we seek counseling we seek the right type of counselor you know and that's so important too and ladies, I want to say to you thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for um, chiming in and taking time out. Um taking time out just to Make sure that our listeners, our viewers, our followers get this information because it's so important that everybody understands what domestic violence is, what emotional abuse is, and to keep helping bring awareness throughout. I thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is there anything that either one of you want to say to the viewers? Yes,
1: know that there's always someone there to help you. If you're in a situation where you feel like you can't get out and you're abused, if that abuser falls asleep or whatever, find a safe spot, find a safe space to be in, text somebody to let them know, let them know all the situations that's going on in your home and the person that's really close mm-hmm. to you if you get in touch with them, call them text them and have them to call the authorities for you but just know God is with you in everything that you do that's right that is true
0: so to our um to our listeners on this podcast we thank you, thank you, thank you so much Um, once this is made available we want you to listen share Be mindful and aware. We also also want you to know that you can follow us on Facebook at Breaking the Silence on Domestic Violence, Inc., on Instagram at BTSDV, and right here on this podcast. Make sure you download Anchor. You can get our um, podcast on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Trujana. And thank you, Ms. Alicia. You guys be blessed.
1: you. You too. Thank you.